Good evening and welcome back to our conversations in the Gospel of John. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Dr. Mark Lloyd, and good to see you, sir. It's good to be here again this evening. I assume y'all have some big plans this week. This is Christmas week. Uh, very big plans. Happy to have all the family home from school. Good. And so we're all here together and we're planning on having a great time. Awesome. We've got our kids in town, so... We're certainly looking forward to spending some days together yes. uh, as well. But also, we wanted to share with all of you, we're looking forward to seeing you. We've still had a, a good amount of people coming and participating in our Sunday assemblies. Uh, 8.30, a little smaller yes. uh, than the 10.30. Plenty of room there. And then getting on up there in the uh, 10 o'clock assembly with a little over 140 consistently now. So that's good news. We'll talk more, though. Uh, about plans uh, with some classes uh, coming up at the first of the year. We would definitely want to let everybody know about that, especially as it relates to our children's classes. So we'll save that for the end of our discussion tonight. But you've been following along with us as we've been going through the Gospel of John. And tonight we're in John chapter 14. And just to refresh our memory, our Lord is with his disciples in the upper room and Mark this is certainly some intimate conversation here between Jesus and the apostles. And it's this particular moment, Judas has already left the room. So the intimacy and really the discussion goes to another level. And the synoptic gospel writers ended right here. Yeah. And John, I am so amazed these next Four chapters, really, 14, 15, 16, and 17, were directed right at the apostles at the time that they're in the upper room and on their way to Gethsemane. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really perplexed in one sense that none of the other gospel writers said anything about it. And it's maybe it's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to let John talk about the intimacy of the conversations that Jesus had with these apostles because it is so meaningful. And I can picture the apostles in these conversations just sitting there looking at each other, looking at him. And, and, and the Lord says in here, I'm saying things that you are having hard times with. And sure. he is saying many things to these uh, men who had to really go back and think about these things once Jesus was gone and the Holy Spirit was indwelling them, then they had that opportunity to go back and say, wow, this is what he was meaning. Well, and it's also kind of interesting to just keep in mind, John was written very late in yes. the first century. So I would imagine just purely my uh, opinion that a lot of that conversation in the upper room was being shared just verbally yes. uh, by Peter to Mark, who would eventually write the gospel of Mark, although Mark didn't put it in there, no. but that's early on. Matthew, as an apostle, was there. Yeah. He doesn't include it, but those were just conversations they shared with brethren, with Christians one-on-one. -on -one. But now we're at the end of the first century. More than likely, most of those who were believers in Jesus in that day and age at the end of the first century had not seen the Lord and maybe not had even spent a lot of time with those who had seen the Lord. And so John is leaving that uh, for not only first century Christians, but for us yes. today uh, to hear these intimate conversations so between meaningful. Jesus. So oh, very powerful. And, and, and it's important for us, I would say, if I can just throw this on as we begin to, Mark, 
it's important for us to really understand what's being shared here, to try to put ourselves in that room. Yes. Uh, to put ourselves in that emotion, to put ourselves in that room and, and maybe in the shoes of the disciples. Yeah, he's uh, saying, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to be going on. This is what I want you to be prepared for. He's going to talk about the, the vine and the branches here. In chapter soon. 15. Yeah. And then he's going to, he, he's certainly going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in 16. And then he's talking about that unity that they're going to have with one another and with God in mm -hmm. chapter 17. And you think of the time that it took the Lord to say these things. And for all of that to be kept by John, you're right. It may have been saying verbally, but John is saying, I want everyone to understand what were the instructions that the Lord gave us. This proves to me beyond a shadow of a doubt, since all of these things have happened, that he was the son of God. I want you to hear the conversations he had with us saying these things and all of it coming through. And that just makes me feel so much more that I can appreciate that he was God's son. Well, and that just fits in with the premise of the book, as you know, if you look over in John 20, 30 and 31, uh, that you may believe. So let's get into it. We're in John chapter 14 and Jesus begins with this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Now, that idea of being troubled there could be for many reasons. First of all, he's been alluding that he's going to be leaving them and he's going to bring that up again. But he also just told Peter, yes. you're going to deny me. And he comes right back with that. Don't let your hearts yeah. be troubled. Here he's... And he, I think he's already had the conversation with them because they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. If you looked over in the synoptics, yeah. you would see that. But Judas, they're Judas probably troubled. Gone. Judas is gone. He's, Peter's been told he's going to deny him. Yeah. And even the others were pretty and, confident and that they were going to betrayal. And so all of these are fixed on their mind and just boom, let your heart not be troubled. And now he's going to go on and tell them why. Even at the end of this chapter, he's going to say to them, I have told you these things and you should have been thrilled. If you really love me and understood what I am about, you would have been thrilled if you'd have heard that I was going to leave and go somewhere else and go to be the father. You should have been thrilled. And so he's telling them in the beginning, you can't be troubled because I'm going to tell you some things that should thrill you beyond imagination of what I have in store for you. And solidify their faith. So if I can just throw this in, let's make this practical for us with a little of application. Yes. Put yourself here, not just in that room, but with your challenges, with your doubts, with your insecurities. Jesus is saying to you, as well as me, let not your heart be troubled. That's right. Believe in God, believe also in me. And this is where he begins to solidify that faith. I am going and I am leaving because I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so he speaks to them with a promise, a promise of a place of belonging. Yes, I believe. And when I kind of look at this, I, I see that he's focusing their attention on where he's ultimately going with respect to heaven, or he's going to that place where God is. I am your avenue to God. And that's actually going to be followed up uh, with uh, I am the way, uh, the truth and the life. Uh, we'll see a little later. But Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for 
you. And he said, if I go, if I go, he knows he's going. Mm -hmm. They still don't know, you're going to find out here, they don't know where he's going, how to get there, what to do about it. (laughs) And so that's Thomas's question coming up here. And he said, but if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you to myself. So there's that, there's that feeling there again. I'm going to be gone, but I'm coming back. Right. And I want you to understand that. Now, he's going to explain to them a little more through the rest of this chapter how he's coming back. He has just now just said to them, I'm going to be coming back. Well, he reveals to them in a little more detail how he's going to do that. And we're going to find out that a lot of that's through his spirit. But it, it, it's going to be, I'm preparing you right now with the idea in mind that I am going to be going and coming back. And he constantly is going to refer to God as Father. Yes. I was reading uh, one commentator's insight into this, and beginning with chapter 13 through 17, 50 times, 50 times Jesus refers to God as our father, his father, their father. And, and you see it, if you just look at the first few verses of this chapter, repeated over and over again, the, the place where we're going, the place where we all long to be is with the father. That's what makes heaven. That's what makes the relationship with, with all, all the concept of religion in Jesus so important is you go to be with the Father. Now, here's something else. I'm just going to throw this out to you. You think of this, you could think of it as he's talking about heaven. Uh, you could think of it also as I'm going to just prepare that place so you can be with God. I am your link to God. If we looked at it from the standpoint of just the temple complex, all Jews wanted to go to the temple, the sanctuary, the dwelling place of God. And in the temple complex, there were multiple gates that you could go through. You could go through the sheep gate. You could go through the east gate. There were other gates. I wonder if Jesus is kind of playing on that when he says there's only one way to the temple, this temple, this sanctuary. There's only one way to the Father. That's through me. Yes. I am your way, and I am the truth. I am your life. And he puts a lot of emphasis on that. And it's, it's to say three things here. Mm-hmm. You would think all three things... Really are the same. Well, they're yeah. not. They're not. They're not exactly no. synonymous. No, they're sorry. not synonymous. No. Mm-hmm. And so he's covering the waterfront here. Yeah. I am the way. I'm the direction. Yep. I am the truth. There's the intellect. The intellect. So there is the knowledge of how to get there. And then I am the life. The mortality and the immortality is through me. So I cover. I'm going to tell you the way. And of course, they ask him, well, sure. Lord, we don't know the way. I, I love these apostles. <laughs> At least it's Philip and Thomas well, here. At least these two are the ones. And actually, we have Judas here. Sure. Here. Judas, not as <laughs> Not as scary. <laughs> John points that out. He yeah. makes that very clear. But, but yeah. he, he, you, know, you know the way, and they're saying, Lord, we don't know the way. Well, they're like us looking for Matt yeah. Quest. Yeah. Know, where are we going yeah, with yeah. this? Where's yeah. my GPS here? And he's saying, <laughs> no, 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 you no. don't know the way. And then they even make the more fatal mistake where he says, I am with the Father and the Father was me and you know the Father now. 
And well, Philip goes, show us the father. Well, then show idea. us the father. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus looks, looks at him, shaking his head and says, I've been with you three, three and a half years, and you don't know who the father is. Do you know me? Then if you know me, you know the father because the father is in me and I am in the father. So I am the representation. I am the son of God. So if you know me, you know God. We've had God on earth and God explained to us through Jesus Christ. And well, and that takes us back uh, to John 1, 18, where John shares with us that Jesus has come to not just show us the way to the father, but show us the father. Uh, the big challenge with Jesus and the Jewish leaders the whole time and eventually the accusation that's going to send him to the cross is that of blasphemy, claiming to be equal with God. Well, Jesus did claim to be equal with God. He claimed to show us God. I am God in the flesh. Philip, how can you say show the Father? What I've shown you yes. is, is the Father. You see the Father in me. And, and again, if we can make a very practical application, I, I would imagine every single one of us, if Jesus came and sat down right here, let's say he decided to join us for this, the first question we would have is, how are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, are, are we on the right yeah. way? Uh, is this what, and, and, and I think Jesus would go, I've showed you I've the way. I've showed you who I am. Do you see yourself, you see, in, here? see yourself in here? Okay, if you see yourself in here, then you're on the right way. And the scripture goes on to say that scripture is not of any private interpretation. There is the right way. He says, I am the way. And let's talk about that word just a little bit more. What was the... What was the church considered or, or the people the, of God? The, the name during of the that church, the, the moniker was the way. Right. And this so is the way. Yeah. that term must have meant something to the apostles when he kept saying, I am the way, I am the way. And they said, the way, Christ is the way. And it just was shortened in, we are the way. Sure. And you think of that society being a polytheistic society, so many gods. Yes. Uh, we, we look at society today and there's so many churches uh, and many churches claiming to be serving the same God. In that society, there were just many gods. Yes. Uh, and, and so the church became simply, this is the path yes. to God, yes. the only God. Uh, and, and you see that from Jesus. Now, here's another truly, truly in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now, put yourself in the shoes of the apostles with that one. You're going to do greater works than yeah. Jesus. And I think he's talking there more about scope. Mm -hmm. It's not any greater as far as intensity or, or value, except you're going to be working on more people. Right. Your scope is going to be much greater than my scope. My scope has been with you and with these Jews. Where are you going? You're telling the world. Yeah, Jerusalem, Samaria, yeah. and to the ends of the and earth. Your, your scope is now going to be the world. So look at what you're going to be doing. And, and we see some of the miracles that are performed, the signs that are performed when the Paul and Peter are out in amongst people. And it, it shocked them. Right. And so there was a greater way. But he, back in 10 and 11, he made two, he used two words there. 
You're talking about believing in me. Why can't you believe in me because you have come to know me? And why can't you believe my words? And he says, okay, if you can't get me through intellect, through my words, let's get you this way. Through my works. Right. You've seen my works. They ought to astonish you. So I've been trying to give you words. You're going to be giving most people, many, many people words. You're going to do a few works, but it's going to be words that you're going to convince people with. And that goes back to the concept of the signs. There's messages in the signs. Uh, The miracle wasn't just to grab your attention. It was to teach you a lesson. We've heard of works today. We've seen the works through our faith. But what we have on a daily basis are the words of Christ. And he's telling the apostles here, I've been saying things to you for three, three and a half years. And you're still questioning me on who's the father. And so I've been telling you that, well, you have to know that the Father is with me because of the works I've done. So you you have to believe that. And then he goes on to say, even you are going to be doing greater works. So when you're in this way, you're going to be doing a lot of things. And I'm going to be with you. Uh, You're going to be having those works to do and people to believe in you. And now he's going to go on these next few verses, some other things. Prayer is going to be there. The Holy Spirit's going to be there. And we're going to see some of these things that these apostles are going to have at hand for them to perform while Christ is not here. Well, let's just go on into that. In verse 15, uh, Jesus shares this, uh, this statement. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Again, going back to the emphasis on his word. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, you, you have the Holy Spirit mentioned here. Yes. And we can certainly see the great influence of the Holy Spirit on the lives of the apostles, certainly when we get to the book of Acts. But right now in the upper room, there is that promise of a helper. Uh, The word helper here, I have the English standard version. Uh, That's what it uses here uh, to describe the Holy Spirit. Uh, That would be one who would be more than just a companion. It would be one who comes to another in aid, uh, one who comes as an intercessor, uh, the one who comes as uh, almost in the idea of one who's going to come to defend and it's work an with you. An it's advocate. An advocate. Uh, you have an advocate like no other. And, and he will dwell with you, not just for a few days. No. But forever. So I've been with you a few days. Right. In a sense. Yeah. I'm sending you a helper. You, you are terrified right now that I'm going to be gone. I, I became your stable. I became the thing that makes you live in, in your own mind. And you're going to leave us? What are we going to do now? Yeah. And he says, well, uh, number one, you're going to be having works that you're going to do. Number two, you're going to have prayer. I'm telling you that whatever you ask of me, I will give you if it's asking faith. And uh, if you're keeping my commandments, but then I'm going to give you this Another helper, which he's saying to himself, I've been your first helper. Now you're going to have another helper. We're going to find out. He says here, the spirit, the spirit of truth, 14, 15, 16 goes on to tell us a great deal 
about the Holy Spirit and the apostles. And this is just his first little inkling for them. I'm going to send you a helper. Well, and I, if they're like me, I'm a note taker. Uh, maybe it's just the old reporter in me. I'll be wanting to write everything down. Uh, he tells them, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do for you, this helper, because you have helper repeated again uh, when you go to verse 26. Uh, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Huge. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> you know, I'll have to confess. I, I'm one who believes in the Spirit dwelling within us, yes. clearly. And one of the ways the Spirit certainly dwells in us is helps us to remember God's Word. And you remember the admonitions. You remember the instruction. Uh, we, we've, been, <laughs> we've been as a family in Christ the past month on a no-complaining fast. At yes. least many of us have. Yes. And I've been reminded of the Spirit. The Spirit's been reminding me many times. Yes. <laughs> No complaining. That's right. No complaining uh, in all things. And, and yet, yet here for the apostles, it was remembrance of all this instruction. That's when you're in a class. If you just listen in a class, your retention is about 10 percent. If you're hearing a teacher and you're intently listening to that teacher. There may be a 10 to 20% retention. That's all you're getting. 10 to 20% right now. What, huh? you, what you've heard. Yeah. But if you write it down, yeah. you may hear more. But they're even better. They're going to have somebody within them telling them. Now, not only do you remember these statements that Jesus made. Now I'm going to tell you what they meant. Right. And so... He, what, well, what a thing that, that would be for, well, for, to be told that. Well, and you see John does that for us in his gospel, which is a little different from the other gospels. How many times does John say, here's what happened and here's what it meant? Yes. You know, he's done that before yes. uh, and he shows us, here's, here's how the Lord's plan is going to work. Now, putting ourselves back in the shoes of the apostles, though, uh, there, there's still that trepidation. There's still that fear. So once again... He says this in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, hold your thought. Don't lose that. Because he's telling them, don't be afraid. And I'm giving you peace. But you know what's coming up? You're going to be persecuted. Yes. Well, where's the peace in that? You know, where's the lack of trouble in that? But Jesus says, my peace is different. My peace is a peace from the inside out, not a result of circumstances on the outside in. And what a peace. But you can see it in Paul when right. he's in prison. Sure. Look at how he was Peter and John. And you can see it in Peter and John. And so these apostles have felt this peace that he's talking about. It, it, it supersedes any thought of peace that we have, which right. is a calmness uh, and a serenity well, it's about world peace. It's that's not world a world peace. peace. I just want to be yeah. isolated. Yeah. I want to keep no. to myself. That's peace. Peace and quiet. I may be getting yeah. hammered, but I still have a peace within me right. that I'm going to heaven, that I'm going to be with God, that these things are going to happen to me. This is temporary. And so that is going to keep me at peace with whatever's going on. And that's what he's saying to them. I leave you the peace, and how am I leaving you that peace? I'm giving you a comforter who's going to do all these things for you as well. 
Well, and, and then he certainly talks about, and this is, this is where uh, I think it's a good place to wrap up today's lesson, is going back to the concept of the Father. You know, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. So again, you have that place of where are we going, where it's the goal to get back to God, to get to the Father. And again, it's not just God, Father. That's right. He is your Father, that intimate relationship of closeness, one who knows you, knows you by name, your Father. And he is, he is saying here, uh, this, this Father, uh, that who's, he's going to be there for you, and this is going to come to pass. I'm going to my Father. So we have to understand now the, the time sequence. He's going to be crucified. Mm-hmm. He's in the tomb for three days. He is raised from the dead. He will tell Mary Magdalene very quickly, what? I have not seen the Father. I have not been to the Father. So what he's saying here is not just the immediate future. He is telling them, encompassing what's going to be happening after he's gone into heaven. I am now gone back to the Father, and so all these things that are going to be happening here are going to be happening after he's gone back to the Father. One more point, though, then, if I can just share this with that. He's leaving, but he makes it clear here in verse 30. The ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim on me. No. He has no claim on me. What a powerful promise that is. is. And, and that is certainly true, one who has overcome the world, and we'll see that a little later, but more uh, when we get to chapter 16. But for now, he says, so the world may know, this is what everybody can see, I love the Father. And then the chapter ends with rise, let us go from here. The implication is they leave the upper room, and now they begin walking yes. through Jerusalem. And so, what a walk. And and the Lord's saying a lot here in these walking, and and these gentlemen are sitting there listening. And like you say, is there somebody back there taking notes? Well, the Holy Spirit was. (laughs) He he is the note taker and the note giver. Because he says a lot in these next three chapters. And they're very exciting, very exciting revelations about Jesus and himself and what he's going to expect of these apostles. And I, I just, I'm seeing them, I'm trying to walk with them on this walk, and they've got to be looking at each other and saying, we've had him for three years, and he's putting more instructions in these <laughs> here it in is. These 45 minutes. I'm shoveling it in here in these last few days. In these last few minutes, then we may have had the whole three years, or he's just going over the whole three years with them in these few minutes. It's it's just amazing. I think it's probably safe to say this is some repetition. It's just yeah, yeah. now probably hopefully sinking in a little better. Yeah. will eventually. Another, another great I am statement in this chapter. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And hopefully we're helping you as, as well as I know it's helping me have a better understanding of our Lord. And the way to our Father is only through Jesus. For he is the way, the truth. And the life. You got anything on John 14 no, else you want to share? That's, that's great. Okay, well, we'll get into John chapter 15 next week, but real quick before we say goodbye, uh, we got some things coming up. Uh, beginning January 3rd, uh, we're going to begin a middle school class 
here at the building. Uh, we're going to be opening up two of the larger classrooms, one for the middle school class at 930 on Sunday mornings, and then another uh, larger classroom for the high school class. Right now, the high school class is meeting after the 10 o'clock assembly on Sundays, but that time is going to be moved to 930 on Sundays. So middle school, high school class uh, will be meeting on Sunday mornings at 930, and hopefully soon we'll start more children's classes. Uh, we would certainly love to hear from parents who haven't contacted us already. Uh, if you're going to be bringing your kids and bringing your kids to class, because that time frame, uh, once we get that started, if we can, it'll be at 930 as well on Sundays. And then just one more kid announcement. Go ahead and throw it out there to you. You'll see an email on this soon. But we're going to begin the teen, or actually we've already started planning uh, for our teen weekend. Uh, that will be a Saturday only but mark your calendars for February 27th. So it's not a weekend, it's a it's, weekday. It's just a weekday, <laughs> but, uh, so, but our, our teen event that we've had now, this will be our 11th year for this, wow. uh, will be February 27th, that's Saturday. And so more information coming on that soon, but hold that spot on your calendar. Anything else you No, got? it's been a great class. All right, well, thank you so very much for joining us. And we pray that you and your family have a wonderful holiday. And as always, we encourage you, if we can help you or your family or anyone you know grow in their relationship with our Heavenly Father, please let us know. Thanks for joining us. Good night. Merry Christmas.